If you go to Urban Dictionary, of which I am a huge fan, there is no colorful alternative that anyone has written. It is straight up just the words, Zoom fatigue. (laughs) That's it. No one's thought of anything else. It's that bad, okay? Welcome to another episode of Well Seasoned, the podcast. We're here with another great guest. I am very happy to introduce one of my very best friends in our industry, Mr. Mir Israel. Mir is the CEO of Studio M Photography and Cine, the South Beach Photo Booth Company, and Hollywood Gameworks. So he's got a lot going on in different facets in the industry. You're you're Jamaican, you're one of me. (laughs) And we'll talk to him a little bit about that. But today's topic is on virtual events. So say hello, Mir, everybody. Hello, Mir! (laughs) So one of the things I want to kick off with is things that are born from downturns in the economy. I actually heard this outside of our industry, but there were a lot of companies that were born during recessions and depressions, and it seems like downturns really push this innovation. So Mir, just before we got on this call, was telling me the history of South Beach Photo Booth Company and how that was born out of the 2008 recession. So Mir, give us a quick little glimpse into how you went from just photography and born into these other facets. Yeah, of course. So... In 2008, myself and my now business partner, Michael Anthony Sabatino, we started a secondary photo booth company. And within the photo booth world, it was a classic story of, hey, let's just buy a photo booth for some, you know, some side hustle, some extra income. Um, I quickly realized that despite the fact that people do trust in photographers for image quality and delivery and so forth, there was something a little bit more pertinent to the idea of a concierge type service. People really recognize a brand and a brand's ability to really hone in on a specific thing, especially when we were already trying to like make a specific look and a specific level of service to what we were doing. We decided to just start an offshoot, a, a, a fictitious name, you know, now an actual official brand name, of course, these days. And I actually got inspiration from another company at the time. And I'm like, oh, that's that's a great authentic authentic name. I, I suggested to my business partner, I'm like, hey, let's let's do the South Beach Photo Booth Company. I think that would really be a hit. Like people really get what we're trying to do. And at the time we were located in a part of Fort Lauderdale and he said, we're not in Miami. Like what's it, you know, why are we doing that? He's like, let's call it the Fort Lauderdale Photo Booth Company. I'm like, that reminds me of spring break and not in a good way. Let's not do that. <laughs> so hence, the South Beach Photo Booth Company was born uh, back in uh, 2009. From the ashes. That's awesome. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely from the ashes, you know, from the 2008 recession. Definitely greatest accomplishment so far in my business. <laughs> That's awesome. That little history right there. That's awesome. And so like we had said, today we're talking about virtual events, right? And you're talking about <laughs> being born from the ashes. I was talking to Patrick previously and I was like, virtual events would not even be a thing that I would even think of if it weren't for COVID, right? We get together and we do events in person and I do site visits. So we're talking about that and the amount of options from the platform to use to the time of day, to the type of event, 
So I kind of want to start off at the beginning, like the platform choices and the amount of options there are to do. What makes a platform strong? Are you seeing trends that you're honing in on with all these platforms for virtual events? A little bit of yes, a little bit of no. I would say ease of user interface is always paramount to everything. We certainly see that with what we do from something as simple as a photo booth that takes pictures of people. We always try to keep everything on a straight one track. K-I-S-S, keep it simple. Sally. And though <laughs> Zoom and things like that are really easy to inundate with security purposes, if you're not monitoring it and having somebody specifically moderate it the entire time, Zoom, I think, is still like predominantly the way that people go are going. I'm seeing some things that some people are creating for themselves, but realistically, it's just like a skin and a portal that goes to whatever that thing is, you know, be it Zoom, be it Teams, etc., But as of this moment, I think right now, that's what the majority of us are still seeing, which then creates kind of a miscommunication with what the client's perceptions are for what they should be paying is Zoom for like $13 a month. Like, what are they paying you for as an event professional? But to that end, I've quickly realized like, yeah, it could absolutely feel this way. Like clients are saying, you know, some people are trying to justify like, why are you charging us this money? What is the point of what you're doing? Get me started. (laughs) But it's literally the same thing that we do for live events. It's a catered service. It's a social aspect. It's the fact that our expertise and experience and experience has had to turn on a dime these days, Mm -hmm. by the way, is what you are culminating together. And it translates to anything that anybody could do in respect to Myself and my team, can a client go out and buy their own photo booth for several thousand dollars and take it to like their seven programs across the nation and make their money back? Yeah, they could. Do they know how to do that? No, they absolutely don't know how to do that. Some, you know, kids could eventually try, but you know, that's the thing. Like, are you bringing everything, you know, to this table? Are you doing the broadcast? The most interesting part for event professionals right now, the thing that is the time to shine is the least quantifiable experience and the ability to put things together. Something that is literally a non-tangible item is the part that's coming through right now. Because in the last portion that I'll say, in regards to the platforms, the experience in event professionals right now is showing that if you know how to put stuff together, like at a live event, in a almost guerrilla-style fashion, Mm -hmm. underhanded, mishmash of stuff to make it all look seamless and polished. That's where it's really coming through. Absolutely. Yeah. And we were talking about it earlier too, that so many people assume because it's a virtual platform that it's not as much work and you still have enough time and it's no big whoop. You're just going to get on Zoom and do something. And it's like, there's still registrations. There's still an agenda. There's learning the platform. How do you navigate it? How do you still keep people engaged? And I think people are missing that. Like we said, there's so many virtual meetings happening now and you could tell when it's not to disrespect anyone, but you could tell when it's just a random person in the office, just sending out a zoom meeting. And that's really it versus an actual planning and agenda and a planner behind it, doing something to actually keep people engaged. And one of the things is we're doing this podcast and we're the three of us, we can see each other. We're talking through Zoom. This is great for this. It's great for that networking thing. But then when you go into the actual conference and the corporate messaging that we three are also familiar with, you know, it needs to have that structure. It needs to be clear and concise because as I always say, that message or that look of a ballroom or a set or something 
reflects the brand that we're representing. The yep. same thing with this online meeting. If you get online and you're at major company XYZ and we're having internet issues up and down, yes, there's some level of forgiveness. But if it's a major brand, you're relating that over to the major brand and that's not acceptable. Yeah. And what we need to do as meeting professionals is really relay that to our clients. And to Stacey, uh, to your point about the cost 100%, that's something that uh, Mir and I have actually talked quite a bit about. It's like, what are you expecting for this cost? My company, we do your virtual meeting for this amount of money. And then there's another company that really doesn't have experience in this that's literally just doing a Zoom and relaying your image back out and they're doing it for a tenth of the cost. But the end result is the end result and it's totally different. Right. So what is it that you need to do? Right. And that's my rant. <laughs> <laughs> Mir, are you getting a lot of people coming to you asking you for your opinion on what platform to use and how to do it? No, I, I think that a lot of clients are still trying to kind of create their own thing. We're not privy necessarily to that portion of it. We're still, you know, in the entertainment aspect, we're still the, what is technically the highest portion of the totem pole history lesson. The lowest character in the totem pole is actually the most important FYI. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Foundation. Though we are becoming a little bit more of an important aspect of the entertainment. Whereas if you're talking about like a normal, like 400 person event and they hire us out for one photo entertainment in the corner... You're important. They pay a good, healthy amount of budget for you. But if you weren't there, nothing's going to suffer. Yeah. Right. However, right. these days, you're part of the cultural aspect. So despite whatever they're doing, our challenge is, of course, to get into whatever platform that they're using. Luckily, the majority of them are either something very simple for us to integrate into where let's say they're doing a HTML-based platform for their registration and programs and so forth. Something like Cvent, which has HTML portals, or maybe something that they developed themselves. Most of them are, you know, HTML-based. Yeah, I know, sorry. Didn't mean to mention that one. But for us, it's easy because we get to do everything that we have in HTML-based. So if it's as simple as, hey guys, here's our stuff, put it in an iframe, throw it out there. But we have the ability to mimic you know everything else yeah. much like what you guys understand it's not yeah the fact yeah. that we have the tools we have the tools to mimic what mm -hmm, the client's mm -hmm. you know support structure yeah. and everything needs to be something like a zoom call patrick and i were talking about this just friday actually you know our ability to do a digital broadcast studio can work on that or it can work on something like teams zoom obviously has a little bit more to it that allows for intermixing and the ability to kind of mess with stuff or, you know, the beauty of virtual backgrounds as yeah. you see behind all of us right here. I know you didn't have to show everybody up. That's ridiculous. Sorry. <laughs> you know, I spent, I spent several hours with this. I'm just going to show it off <laughs> as much as I can. <laughs> You're just really extra. That's what all my friends say. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but um, no, no platform specific right now. And, and I think that I think everything that we're all going to talk about right now, you know, it, everything changes hour by hour. Mm -hmm. This podcast upon broadcast seven days later might be defunct. Like we don't know. So as of right now, we're rolling with the punches. You know, Zoom seems to be the most predominant. It is something that we all have to take notice of too. Because I think that we as vendors, we as service providers are also noticing, okay, well, here's a proposal I did for some XY client last week. This is the proposal I'm just going to start to do for XYZ client this week. And I'm going to add in these lines of service and really pressure them into doing this. Let me get a digital Zoom meeting concierge person, you know, who's just literally just one person on my staff who is just helping to manage the Zoom call as a, from a technical aspect. 
That's their job. That's what they do because it's support staff. And that's the interesting part. You know, all of Thursday last week, we did a full day's worth of broadcast via the client's Zoom call from our studio, three live versions of trivia, you know, for this uh, groups upon groups upon groups. And because of everything that led up to it, as things changed last minute with clients, as we all know, we eventually employed one of our staff members to basically help admin their call because we did want a portion of it to have audience participation. Then we did want to have people muted. Okay, Mir, listen, stop taking over the agenda. Okay. (laughs) You just like all just like, okay, I get it. It's your podcast too. We get it. Okay. (laughs) So now we're talking about pre-recording, right? And you had someone actually be the admin on their side. Explain this to us now. Now I'll let you talk again. The thing is, Everything we know, we know from live events, right? Like everything we've learned experience-wise, we all know it from live events. Yeah. And even we as top-tier professionals can get a little blindsided at the idea of like, oh, a virtual event doesn't need this, 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 and this. There's signage and call to actions at a live event. There's like people guiding folks through hallways or telling them where table numbers might be found and so forth. Where is that in a virtual event right now? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Who's doing that? And are you proposing it to a client at this moment? And listen, I'm guilty of it too. I didn't realize it till like two weeks ago, but like, we don't know how long this is going to go on. We don't know how hybrid events may or may not occur and who's going to be helping to administer. Am I going to get lucky and work with media stage on my next team broadcast at some place where just the top chair people are there and everybody else is broadcast live. I don't know that, you know, so I've got to give a client my best foot forward to create an environment now in a digital scape that provides all the support that I need. And if that support is my staff members knowing how to use Zoom and administering Zoom the way that it needs to be done while still maintaining client communication in their brand, that's something that we should be doing. So That's like one of those quick realizations that we've come to just over the past couple of weeks because everything is changing and clients are very slow to get this whole idea, but they're getting there and they're getting it. So is that something, was that a service that you were providing pre or is this something that you're adjusting to now? So with regards to like necessity, right? Like from the ashes breed something else. What's interesting is in the digital aspect of these meetings, because we all have to be physically distant. Remember kids, physically distant, not socially distant. Start start saying it. Great job. (laughs) Because we all have to be that way, we all have to start employing tools that allow us to perform maybe what we commonly performed at a live event in a different way. So some of these tools that we're using, while right now at this moment, this is the tool to use. Like this is the way to do it. Mm -hmm. Some of these tools that we're now employing Once this is all over, whenever that day comes, we now have a greater tool for the live event. Once the live events are back, we now have tools that when a client has a specific need, they are a little bit more interesting and useful to use. And not necessarily in a discounted way either. You know, for example, in the photo booth aspect, we cannot be there live with people. So we have curated what is referred to as the virtual booth, which is essentially a branded photo experience that anybody can utilize via HTML on their mobile device or on their laptop uh, right before you. And then it creates the ability for anyone across the world to create and curate a branded image, which is, you know, culminated into a gallery or 
you know, creates a sense of um, togetherness or brand awareness or culture, whatever that might be. Now, when we go back to live events, people are going to go right back to the classic photo booth, right there, 100%, no questions asked. Yeah, for sure. However, what's interesting about this, from a brand aspect for persons like myself, now, if a client comes to us and says, hey, we've got 35 cities on a tour that we want to have a photo experience at, but we've only got X amount of thousand dollars. It's like, well, your 35 cities, some of which are all occurring at the same time in the same states, you know, for that, your budget is one eighth of what it needs to be for us to do that live. That can't be done. However, we have this thing that not only can the people who are there at your activation be made aware of, but you can also make everybody else aware of it too. Like your entire campaign that's going on across your social media. So now it goes from you didn't have the money for the reach in the first place to we not only have the budget for you in the reach for all those people that you want to interact with live at these parties and at these events and at these festivals. Now you've got the ability to do that with your entire social platform, if not the world. It's one of those things too. I think about when I'm planning events, I wouldn't really think about the virtual as much pre-COVID, right? And you know, you kind of do with the social media and people kind of stop with the, oh yeah, let's just do a branded hashtag. And that's how we're going to get people involved. Or maybe we do a Snapchat or Instagram filter. And that's what we, how we get people involved. But because of where we are now, it's kind of like, wait a second, I have another way to get people involved, even national sales meetings, right? Not everybody comes to a national sales meeting. It's probably only in salespeople, but you still have the people in the office, maybe some of the marketing, the support staff, support who's not yeah. there. And now, how are we going to integrate it? And w- there's a lot of lessons learned in this, and it just makes you think differently. And even with what you're saying with these virtual events, they can be very um, boring, <laughs> right? Yeah. Because they look at it as just a simple agenda. It's a PowerPoint, whatever. And I love what you guys are doing. This is actually bringing us to our next topic that we have to talk about with with Mir, which is engagement. And this is yeah. on all of the calls that I've been on with clients and potential clients and other you know networking things. It's been engagement. How are we keeping attendees engaged, especially in this remote virtual world? And I like that Mir, because I I haven't heard anybody talk about this yet, but I like what you mentioned because what we've been talking about here is how you're engaging them with this virtual photo booth, but you're almost taking it a step further by, okay, and this is what I've always liked about you is that you're always thinking forward that- He likes you, Mir. The checks are clearing. Right? (laughs) That when things come back to normal or to the semi-normal, what's the new normal going to be? And in this hybrid world, because in my world, in the audiovisual side, we know that right when COVID ends and there's a cure or whatever, that- we're not going back to life as normal right off the bat day one. It's going to go slow and we're going to get into a hybrid of, you know, some people, and maybe it's because some companies don't want everybody to travel. Maybe it's that some people aren't comfortable with traveling, et cetera. So in thinking about that, we're trying to think about what do we keep doing when we go back into this hybrid? And you're doing the same thing, Mir, because you mentioned about the photo booth. Okay, well, we can engage the people that are there live through this platform, but we can also engage other people that are in that meeting and bringing them in. So I thought that was really good. It's just going to change how you do proposals now, huh? Exactly. Hey, here's some add-ons. Exactly. (laughs) Because nothing says, let me change my proposals. Like I've already finished my tariffs starting back in March (laughs) and April. Let me just keep on going. I I, I don't need to be finished with it. It's fine. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) 
<laughs> Start all over again. But Mir, I want to talk now because we're talking about this engagement. Let's talk about how you're engaging attendees outside of the photo booth, because I know that you've talked about some other activities. What are some other activities that people can use to help keep their attendees engaged? Let me start by saying Zoom fatigue is a real thing. It is 100% absolutely a real thing. So much so, if you go to Urban Dictionary, of which I am a huge fan, there is no colorful alternative (laughs) that anyone has written. It is straight up just the words, Zoom fatigue. That's it. No one's thought of anything else. It's that bad. Okay. Zoom fatigue is a real thing. Again, I will emphasize like everything we know, all of our experiences, not just, you know, myself and my team, but everything you guys know, we only learn it from live events. The good part about that is that's people. We know people. And to that end, we know that folks are only engaged if they need to be engaged, if they want to be engaged. Folks' attention span is very short. Especially so like at a corporate event, when they're at home, when they're in their t-shirts, not even like work attire anymore, when their kids are around them, surrounding them, seeing what they're doing, because the kids are bored. You have to capture people's attention and you have to make it really short and sweet. That is another challenge that we're experiencing right now with some of our clients so that they understand like what they're giving them if we're providing for them a show. We're going to give them all that we can, but it's going to be something that's less than an hour. In fact, sometimes less than 45 minutes. So the people get engaged, really get into it, have a memorable moment, and then they're back off to their life. Because I have never felt so chained to my laptop in all of my time as opposed to the last few months. And I live with my laptop. Like I have no problem with it being like next to my bed before I go to sleep. Like I, but there's just something about it where... You just feel like like you need to have it. So two things that we've been doing aside from the virtual booth, uh, one of the more notable ones is we've been doing hosted trivia. And that's where myself or one of my other MCs come on a Zoom call for a corporation, for a meeting group, for what used to be a gala is now turned into a Zoom meeting call. And we come on there and we do a digital broadcast. So It's much like what we would do on stage if we were, except now we're doing it through our digital studio back at the office with music, with lights, with sound, with green screen, with a curated game that's been created for the company culture or for this wonderful not-for-profit organization or for whatever it might be to keep folks engaged, to get them going, to get it really simple and easy and to make it so that the technology is there to do so, so that the regular common layman can use it. Nothing complicated, nothing. That's that's the thing. Yeah. Right. And you can't be like, all right, well, I'm going to make a Twitch channel and you guys are going to put in your answers on the chat. You got to also give them something that's actually worthwhile to pay for. So elevation in whatever you're doing is also really important. Good Lord. Yes. You know, Mira mentioned the galas and the sales meetings and everything. What I've been suggesting or referring is with something like that trivia game, for instance, something that's interactive for the crowd that's going to get them engaged and keep them engaged and looking at the agenda. Okay, maybe we're going to break this up into four sections. We can't make this an all day meeting. Maybe we're going to break this up into four sections. We're going to start intro. Hey, everybody. Da, 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 da. Today, we're doing our meeting and we're going to play a game in between. Here's what we're going to do. And now we queue to somebody like Mir's company, like Hollywood Gameworks. And we say, okay, here's the MC. They come on. Everybody get out your device. In between, we're going to be playing the game during the breaks. Da, 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 da. I'll see you guys in between break one. 
And then boom, the meeting goes. And then Mir comes back on or somebody comes back on during that next break. And then they play a game. And now we can see the leaderboard. They go back to their meeting. And now he comes back for another segment in between. And here's more of a game. And then that way, it's keeping everybody engaged because maybe there's a big prize for whoever wins or the top team that wins or whatever. Because what we're also seeing in these virtual meetings is how many people are getting on and they're staying logged in, but they're turning off their screen and now they're going to walk and go do yard work or, you know, whatever. Now we have a reason, keep creating a reason for them to stay engaged and actually pay attention. And can I build on that there, Pat? Yeah. The numbers are so confusing using right now. It is so difficult to truly give a client an idea of what they need to do sometimes when they're floored at the numbers. If they were having a hosted live event and they're usually expecting 200 people, some of these clients are getting 600 persons. I had a conversation with one of our DMC partners that said, normally they expect 1,200. They've got 10,000 registers. And then the question becomes, how many of those people are we going to need to engage? What are we going to do? And The second half of the numbers are confusing. You'll see some people register, but not engage. And then, you know, sometimes it's a fraction they're in because the client didn't necessarily do the the calls to action they were hoping for, or they are really floored. Like when they have those big numbers, a majority of them are actually engaging or at least for a short amount of time. So I don't know anybody of all of my friends in the industry who in whatever they do, have figured out their formula with either their broadcasts or the engagement or whatever it is. Yeah. And let me tell you something. I just did a virtual meeting, education-based, CU-based, highly successful in that regard. Now, when the engagement part of it, the trivia game had just a snafu in it. When I tell you people were ready to throw their computers because they were so livid, I'm like, you guys need to realize a lot of the time, the engagement is what people's coming here for. They're tired of the usual. They want to have fun. They want to play a game. They want to network. It could be the best information ever, but if they're not able to play that game. (laughs) Stacey Ann, you have no idea how right you are. Let me tell you, let me tell you a story (laughs) from the live events world. Okay. (laughs) Since we are very prominent in like the photo taking world, there's always one type of person that we engage with when we're doing a photo booth. Mm -hmm. And it's the person with whom doesn't necessarily always agree with how they feel about themselves in a photo. So they express the idea that the booth doesn't necessarily take good pictures. But they'll blame it on, yeah, they'll blame it on- They're blaming it on the mirror. (laughs) Now, what's interesting in the gaming world, since we do gaming rentals and, and tournaments, you know, style things at events, when they were all live, there is another person in the gaming world who now, if things aren't perfect and tournament style, because that's what they used to do in college, they're just yep. charging up a storm. That's you know, it. so like heaven yep. forbid a foosball table isn't like even or it's, it's leaning to one side. Thing, it's leaning. I can't. You plan for everything, but you know it's the littlest thing that's going to just right. They didn't have antibacterial gel within two inches of them. Or my room was in the center of the floor and I like to be towards the ends. And I'm like, don't have time. That's (laughs) when I give them 10 seconds of silence, let them really think about it. And I'm like, but yeah, there's always that one person. Of course, of course. But that was the lesson. The lesson was from live events. Everything we did in live events, that's all we know. So just carry over what you know. And as Patrick just gave us that beautiful outline of how an entire event goes, You've got to have somebody there who's walking everybody through. 
Exactly. So when myself or my team are hosting stuff, we got to be hosts, entertainers, IT, concierge, hospitality. We always wear all hats. Absolutely. That's the thing. And my clients who thus far have gotten a chance to do everything that we have, they are all extremely appreciative. They really understand like what it is that they got out of this whole thing. But it's, I'm really emphasizing this one more time. It's not just a, a lesson period right now for clients. It's a lesson period for us as vendors to really stop and say, but I know this. Let me not psych myself out. I know what I'm doing. Let me just really listen to myself, my staff, and of course the client, mm-hmm. you know, what the needs are and provide an excellent, excellent service. When somebody finally pulls the trigger, because we all know they're taking their sweet freaking time (laughs) sign those contracts you know one thing um, that i will say because it's funny in people prepping for these virtual meetings what i've seen uh the successful ones that we've been doing are the people that aren't afraid to take these breaks people still need breaks even though they're on their computer near i think you spawned a whole nother topic for us about the fact that we're all feeling like we're strapped to our laptops working more than ever without anything going on like that's insane but it's the way that life is but when people are on their virtual meetings they need more coffee breaks. And let's face it, as an event planner right now, you're not paying for that virtual (laughs) coffee. Mm -hmm. Let's take some virtual breaks and and get them out. So we're almost out of time and I can't believe it. Mir, I was telling Stacey Ann something kind of funny the other day. And I wanted to get your thoughts on this. Can you tell us a little bit about Hey Girl emails? Hey girl. (laughs) Please, please. Listen, okay. All right, hold on. (laughs) Disclaimer first, all right? Okay. Okay. We're all in a very unique time. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. My inbox contacts are gone. I don't know about you guys. Yes. In April, I just yeah. sent out an email just to say hey. And I didn't know what to expect with regards to either how many people were just like gone, wouldn't answer, yeah. auto emails, forwarded responses, and stuff like that. We're all in a unique time. You gotta hustle to make things going. We are in a make or break situation for a lot of folks. However, a lot of people are having a moment where they were in a position at a company 15, 35 staff deep, where now there's only like one or two people left. And everybody still on your network list, either in LinkedIn or certainly on Facebook, has started to veer into, you know, whatever they got to do to make a little cash. Um, Because all sometimes all you know is events. You know, you came out of college, you went straight into events. And that uh, was it. And that was it. So the um, Hey Girl message with a is, u or a i you know whichever okay, it's, okay. It's, <laughs> hey girl hey girl <laughs> it's generally how people are taught when you have subscribed to a multi-level marketing uh scheme <laughs> and they tell you start with your network start with your inner friends and so forth and it's usually girlfriend to girlfriend and it starts <laughs> with one of those because you've started your own company no. uh, you hit up your friends and the message usually starts with a chummy a uh, very camaraderie-esque, hey, girl. <laughs> hey, girl, I'm now selling pots and pans. Yeah. Oh. Hey, girl, I'm now selling makeup. Yeah. Hey, girl, or in this case, hey, Mir. Yeah. Hey, Mir. Hey, Mir, you, you need some Lululemon. <laughs> I, I have, I've been trying to work out. You might, you never it know. It would go great with your shirt. They have colorful <laughs> ones that would match it. <laughs> but, it's, but it's funny because when you started telling me about this the other day, about the hey, girl, you must... Like, hey girl, what are you talking about? And then when you explained, I was like, oh my God, that's exactly what my wife is going through. She gets these like multiple times a week. Hey, Paige, hey girl. Yeah. You know, hey girl, I haven't talked to you in front. And Paige just just yesterday I told her that you told me this mirror, and she was like, Oh, I had this friend from, you know, whatever middle school that I went to summer camp with one time that reached out to me. And she's like, I don't even 
I haven't talked to them in, you know, 30 years, 20 years, whatever. But they're having a virtual like Tupperware party that she yeah. has to attend. Hey, hey girl. Hey girl. <laughs> and she was like, okay, goodbye. <laughs> so. And the ones that we're all getting are like, you know, wine and cheese ones now, you know, for oh, what it is. wine tasting boxes. Wine tasting is huge. That's the majority. We're raising the class at least. <laughs> exactly. Thank you, Mir. So, yeah. Mir, before we do let you go, we have one more question for you, and I'll let Stacy ask us. What is your nugget of wisdom that you'd like to leave? And it's anything. It could be from stop sending hey girl emails to I personally like ham and cheese sandwiches. What is your <laughs> nugget of wisdom? We're all in a very weird time now. One would almost say that we are all in mourning for the world and certainly for live events. Mm-hmm. It is. okay to feel whatever you're feeling. Those feelings are valid. That's right. And those feelings are part of being human, which we all are. Persevere, reach out to a friend, either for yourself or for them. We're all going to get through this Mm -hmm. and we're all going to come out better on the other side. I hope to see you all then. Oh, awesome. Hashtag That was a good one. one. (laughs) That really was. (laughs) Thank you, Mir. That was a good one. (laughs) Thank you, Mir. All right. So you know what time it is. It's time for a little paprika. So go ahead, Pepper. Give it to me. You know, I've been thinking. I miss traveling a lot. I don't miss some of those days. I don't know if you had any of these, but you did the long, like, cross-country for a meeting and then hopping uh, back on a plane. You don't know if I had it? Well, but I'm saying that you fly in and then you turn right back around. Mm-hmm. Fly in, you land. You meet, and then you get right back to the airport. And then you literally hop back on a plane. So you're spending, you know, your entire, like you're maybe on the ground for two or three hours and then turning around. Yeah. You know, I'm kind of missing it in a weird, sick way, but kind of not missing it. I don't know. Let's talk about some travel stories. You have any? (laughs) It's funny you say that because the other day I was like, ooh, I'm so happy to not be in anybody's airport. Do I have travel stories? Duh. Don't we all? That's like another book on its own. But I remember one time I was sitting in first class. I was coming from Vegas. It's like a six o'clock in the morning flight and I'm exhausted. And this guy comes on wearing the hotel slippers, hotel robe, and his suitcase is a garbage bag full of clothes. And I was so like, it's six o'clock in the morning. I can't process that at that time in the morning. Insane. But that was like one of them. Then another one actually on that same trip if I go backwards, I checked into the hotel, I get to my room and this man has all of his clothes in the closet. So like I run out of the room, I go back downstairs and I go to security and I'm like, uh, can you tell me like there's people's clothes in my room. So security comes back up and they check and they're like, oh, he might've just been running from his bookie. This happens all the time. And I'm like, excuse. (laughs) Did you say running from his bookie? Yeah, like I'm going to need another room because if he's, if this person knows that he's in this room, I don't want them coming for me. I'm like, you got to change my room, bruv. I couldn't stay. So that was my story. I remember there was one time I was coming back and I believe it was from IMAX. I'm pretty sure it was IMAX. And it was the red eye because I used to be crazy like that and take those red eye flights. But we were on that red eye and I fell asleep and flying Las Vegas to Miami and somewhere over. New Orleans, like Louisiana, something like that. I woke up to a lady screaming bloody murder in the seat in front of me. Obviously, I was. you had that instant panic of, oh, crap, we're going down. What? But it turns out, and I believe she was speaking Portuguese, but I was sitting in the window, and this was in the row in front of me, and this lady was sitting in the window in front of me, 
in the middle seat was her husband. And then there was another person in the aisle. And her husband, who was in the middle, she woke up and apparently she realized he was cold and not breathing. <gasps> Shut up. And they did the whole doctor on the plane. There was a huge freak out. The guy in that was in the aisle got up and <laughs> like laughed. <laughs> What? Yeah, and then some doctor put him down on the ground. They laid him flat on the seat, and then they were like pumping his legs, trying to get blood back in, whatever. They were doing all these things, and he had passed away in his sleep. No, on the red eye. No. Yes. So then, because by that point, with all of the chaos happening, we were over the Gulf on the way back down Florida, and the decision was made because he was deceased not to stop. So you guys continued flying to Miami? Correct. Yeah, because apparently. Had they stopped, it would have thrown everything off. Wait, so what they did with his body? He stayed on the seat in front of me. Patrick Brochu. Laying down and they landed. They asked everybody politely, which this is the first time this has ever happened, by the way. It's a different story. But, you know, when they make the announcement, hey, everybody, so-and-so's on this plane and in the back and needs to get off. Please stay seated until they exit. And then everybody gets up and that person can't get off the plane and they miss their connection. Yeah. They made the announcement for everybody to stay seated and everybody did. The paramedics came on. They picked up the person and took them off. And then we all deboarded the plane in the middle of the night. It was nuts. Patrick, I can't. Okay, wait. But I thought I was <laughs> going down. Pause. I thought I was going down. Okay, there's so much to unpack in this story. So this woman, she's sleeping and she wakes up and she feels that her husband is now cold and is not breathing. Or I'm assuming probably not But cold we didn't know what she was saying breathing. because I don't speak Portuguese. So I didn't know that at the time. Why'd you make me start with my story? My story is BS compared to yours. Okay, wait, hold on. So now this poor grieving woman who knows that her husband has passed away has to sit in the seat next to her. And she was crying, just crying the whole what time. What are you going to do? What else is there to I do? Mean, it was a few hours. It must have seemed like an eternity to her. It had to, like, yeah. Yeah, I didn't go back wow. to sleep. Yeah, there was a... And by the way, I didn't make you go first. Okay. You went first okay. yourself. Okay. Because you don't tell me what to do. So. <laughs> and that's a wrap. Thank you all for <laughs> joining us today for Well Season the Podcast. I'm not done. I'm this not done. This may or may not no. be the last episode no. of Well Season not done. the Podcast. You're not going to tell me what to do. I still have stuff to talk about. <laughs> Shoot, stupid face. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, <clears throat> I'm Saul. <laughs> and I'm Pepper. We'll see you next Bye. time. Episode produced by Patrick Brochu and Stacey Ann Van Horn Doria. Sound editing by Rocky Doria. And song by Dr. Delight.